which I'm not going to preach. Good morning. Wow. Was worship fun or what? Wow. Amazing this morning. That's I love about our 21 days of fasting and prayer is we just are emphasizing our heart for the Lord, and you can really sense it in our corporate time this morning. We've been emphasizing uh, breakthrough, and uh, a morning like this morning, I just want to encourage, if you've been spreading out before the Lord um, the areas of breakthrough for your life, this morning's like, I want you to picture a piece of cellophane, and you're poking your finger up there. And as we were worshiping like that this morning, it's... Uh, the force behind, the spiritual force behind your breakthrough, and uh, just see that, that it's about to break through. And I just sense for somebody today, just to encourage your heart, that what you're believing for is about to bust through that uh, barrier that's been standing in the way of what you're believing God for. Well, Harvest, we're so blessed and privileged to have Pastor Russ and Yana with us today. It's possible that the storm went around us because when they left their home in Deerfield Beach in Florida and then flew out of Fort Lauderdale, they were racing the storm. We actually were checking with, they flew Porter Airlines and checking with Porter if they should adjust their flights because, you know, the, the, this blizzard that was going to knock out um, from Toronto to the uh, East Coast. And, uh, and so Porter said, no, they're actually going to be racing the storm and they'll arrive in Ottawa before the storm that didn't come, but they did. So I'm just saying it's possible <laughs> that they brought some Florida sunshine with them. <laughs> Russ and Yana served Rock Church in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia for over 25 years in so many capacities that included the senior pastorate of that incredible church. And it is an incredible flagship assembly in the East Coast that has impacted and influenced the city of Halifax and really so many other churches because Pastor Russ oversaw a ministerial there in the city that drew over, over 70 churches um, to so many different events where they were an equipping church as they loved uh, those that were in full-time ministry. And God just graced him with the ability to do that. 2019, Pastor Russ made a decision to leave his position of pastoring a church so that he could pastor a whole entire city and region. He's the Chief Administrative Officer of Souls Harbor, which is a uh, not-for-profit agency in Nova Scotia. In fact, it's the largest not-for-profit agency that provides food and shelter for the homeless of Halifax, Bridgewater, and Truro. Souls Harbor rescues people from poverty, addiction, despair, by offering a number of recovery services and to begin listing all of the centers, all of the properties, all of the places across that region that are serving the homeless, serving um, people who are recovering from addictions, it would take the rest of our time together. So just to appreciate what his hand and heart is right now. He um, recently, the Lord opened the door for them to relocate to Deerfield, Florida, where they reside, close to one of their sons and grandchildren, um, and they're able to work remotely. It was just a miracle uh, story that's so wonderful to hear of how God was uh, just blessing them to do that. They're kind of in two places at one time. His not-for-profit experience serves uh, the board of Heart of the Family uh, here for uh, the daycare center, and uh, he became chairman. He's been serving for four years and um, became chairman somewhere in that four-year tenure, I think about three years ago. And when he accepted the role of chairman of our agency, the same thing happened to us that happened in Nova Scotia. There's an anointing, um, and I, I believe it's an apostolic uh, anointing that's on Pastor Russ, 
for expansion and building. And that's what we see apostles doing in the New Testament. There's an ability to go in and expand and build and create influence and greater influence. And so when he got involved in Nova Scotia, the Lord gave him a word that they would double. Um, he said, because you've accepted, I'm gonna double the budget. Well, I think it's quadrupled or it's gone, like that. that's now exponentially increasing, millions upon multiple millions of dollars uh, to serve people. Well, the same thing happened when he became part of Heart of the Family. There was just an instant increase, uh, and, and Christina can tell you, that just propelled uh, propelled Heart of the Family. He serves us with his excellence and provides Christina with assistance and insights that continue to propel her and heart forward to all that God has called them to do. And, of course, we know about the recent acquisition of a building that hopefully will be up and running uh, just in, in weeks uh, with children. We were over there yesterday, very, very close to seeing that happen. His pastoral experience serves this house. He speaks into my life personally, and he also provides me with apostolic counsel that's proven to be an incredible blessing to the house that you wouldn't always even be aware of. They're, they're busy with us here today and uh, tomorrow night for the meeting, but then Tuesday they're staying to serve the board and related manners for heart. I just thought it was so important for you to know all of this today because you need to understand how greatly involved this couple is in this house. They really, really are part of this family. Though you don't get to see them often, they are constantly active. And so today is an amazing privilege to have them physically here to share in the house. Would you stand to your feet, put your hands together, and honor Pastor Russ Conway today. Thanks, buddy. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. It's an honor uh, to be here with you, Harvest Christian Fellowship. And I think we were trying to figure out, I think it was 2019 uh, was the last time that I think I was here by myself for the men's weekend that we did. And um, I'm traveling with my favorite travel buddy, but we have a, a deal not to call each other buddy because we're lovers, not buddies. So actually that deal is more on her side because her, I just, when she called me buddy, I said, sweetie, don't call me buddy, okay? But I just want to introduce my wife, Yana. She's more, she would prefer not to come and I've learned over the years to respect, just let her be there because she's the beauty of this whole thing and uh, that's awesome. So she'll be happy to uh, meet up with you. First of all, if I could just say what an incredible worship time this morning. Now, I don't know if that's like typical for you guys, but I want to just say because sometimes when you're in a church, you don't realize what you're sitting in the middle of. And I just want to say that it was hard for me to not just become undone in the worship today because the Holy Spirit is just so thick on what was, you don't realize something that is amazing. Incredible team. I'm so pleased to be able to serve with them. And it's an honor to be friends with Pastor Roy and Chris and uh, to be here today, which means it's an honor to be with you. In uh, Florida, we say to the Oceanside Church where I get to serve there a little bit, um, you're the real Christians because you're at the early service. So obviously we know that's not true. Um, 
I've just been, I came prepared with something to share with you, something that the Lord put on my heart earlier um, last year. And I know it's for here, but I've also been having this kind of rain on me ever since we left Florida. Just, and I said to my wife, I said to Yana, let's just really be listening and watching because the Holy Spirit could switch up anything at any time. And so I'm not really here today to put in bringing a sermon to you and putting in that time and then the 1130 time and then tomorrow time. I've actually asked the Lord to grace me, anoint me to leave a deposit in this house that will affect you as part of this church. I know there's a lot of individuals here today. I know that in a a room this size, there's a lot of personal experience that is not all fun. There's probably a lot of pain represented in your, your lives today, but what I'm here to tell you is you're not alone. You're a part of something bigger than yourself. And if God has brought you to this place to be a part of Harvest, then everything that he has for this church, he has for you and for your family, for your marriage, for your children. And I say that because one of the things that God's been speaking to me about a lot over the last five years, most of you know that my wife and I came through a tragedy in our family that I thought at the time had the potential, and I suppose it did, to derail us. And I'm so thankful to say today, almost six years later, that there's hope in our hearts for the future. And I want to say to any one of you today that are struggling, that are here just going, why do I even do this? I get those feelings. I know. It's not unspiritual. It's called human. It's called being a a human. What am I doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're being faithful. You're just, you're just going along as the Lord leads you, and you're, you're being open to what he has for you. And, and there is already such a confirmation in my heart that Harvest Christian Fellowship is on the cusp of something being activated here that is going to blow your minds. I don't know how that, uh, you know, sits with you. And I, and I know that that probably sounds a little bit like a buzz prophetic word. You're on the cusp of something new. Breakthrough's about to happen, okay? I'm not saying it like that. As soon as the worship started and we were singing, especially when we were singing that song, I Speak Jesus, over every darkness, over every anxiety, something just over me, just I couldn't hold myself. I just tears flowing. And Harvest, I'm here to tell you, wherever you've been, whatever's going on, you are in the right place at the right time. And if you stay open to what Holy Spirit has for you, things are going to turn around. So I'm here to activate something today. Um, I I suppose in some ways, and I I really don't want to, you know, kind of give a little expose before I start, but in some ways, what I want to do is kind of take us back a bit, and, and it's probably not new. How many of you know there is nothing new under the sun? If you have your Bible with you this morning, we're going to look at John chapter 16. I want to read a couple of verses there. Um, I'm actually going to read about 10 verses. John chapter 16, and we're going to read verses 5 through 15. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation today, um, and I'll just begin here. It says this. This is when Jesus is saying to his disciples, it's time, my time is over now. It's about time for me to go. He says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me. But not one of you is asking where I'm going. 
Instead, you're grieving because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you, say best for you. It is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, I will send him to you. I'm gonna jump down to verse 13 where it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future and he will bring me glory by telling you what he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine and this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. I wanna reread just a couple of verses. It is best for you, Jesus is saying, that I go away. Have you ever been saying goodbye to someone? You're like, oh, don't go. And you're like, listen, it's best for you for me to leave. This is not what that was about. Jesus is saying, it is best for you that I go because if I don't, say, if I don't, the advocate will not come. But if I do, I will send him to you. Remember, you're not alone because Jesus went away. Someone else came. The next verse I wanna repeat is verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes and say he's here, he will guide you into all truth. We've never lived in a day where we need to know truth. How many of you know that? Our culture and all of the things that are going on, today it's so important for the church to be guided into all church. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. How many of you have wanted to know the future at times? Holy Spirit will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. I have titled the talk I wanna share with you today, Pursuing Presence. Pursuing Presence. Could we just pray together? Holy Spirit, I just have a simple prayer this morning. I've prepared and, and I'm gonna give voice to what you've given me, but I'm asking that um, you would take every word and do whatever translation you need to do to put it deep into every heart here today. Father, your word says that when your word goes out, it doesn't return back void, but it accomplishes what it was sent to do. I'm putting my hope and my trust in that today, that as I am faithful to send your word out over harvest this morning, that you will accomplish your word and Lord, I believe that you are about to activate something fresh and new in this year over this church. So I ask that over the next 30 minutes or so, you just grace this message with your power and your anointing. And everybody who would agree with me said, amen, amen. Well, I have a question that I wanna ask you this morning as we start off today. Just think for a minute about your life. You know, think about what you have going on. Maybe let your schedule just run through your life. And some of you might be like, you don't want to know my schedule. I just came here to get away from my schedule. I got way too much going on, stuff coming at me. But just think of that. And I know there's a variety of ages in the room. Based on what I can see, there may be some people that are retired in the room and maybe some younger people that are maybe in school. But just think about your schedule next week, whatever. 
A pastor rarely asks you to think about that when he's getting ready to preach, but I am. Now that you have that, do you all kind of know what you, what's going on and what you feel like? Just, I want to ask you this question. Are your present pursuits distracting you from an awareness of his presence? So I'm just going to say that again. Are your present pursuits, the things that are going on in your life, everything that you have to do, are they distracting you from an awareness of his presence? You know, so often we struggle in our interactions as humans to be present. Like, um, you know, the no phone rule. Does anybody have the no phone rule with your kids or maybe with your spouse? You know, would you quit reading your phone? I'm trying to talk to you. Yes, I hear you. I can do two things at once. You know what I'm talking about. We go on vacations to experience these amazing things we see and everybody has their phone out. I saw this awesome meme the other day, and it said, what, everybody's afraid. I think the point of view was, afraid I'll miss it, so I'm everybody, all the cameras are up in the air. And, and I'm like, yeah, even myself, I find when I go, I'm seeing everything through a little lens because I, I'm trying to capture it instead of just being there and enjoying what is happening in that moment and, and letting it hit me. And, you know, I think this is part of, I love technology. I love what it affords us. But in so many ways, it's put us into this place where we live our lives just through a limited sort of network of videos and being online and, you know, trying to capture the best picture and present the best image and Here's the thing. Everybody knows your Instagram is your perfect world, and they know that that's not everything. How many of you know this? You know, we, we, we work so hard at presenting this awesome, you know, persona, and everybody knows that's not how it goes. And then, now I'm going to be facetious for a bit, and I don't really care what you had for breakfast this morning. I, it's just like I'm just kind of giving you a little insight into where we've gone. Like, we all spend time like, oh, I'm just going to take a picture of my eggs and bacon today. And then you write it up, wow, if you could just be me. And I'm like, right. No. I'm just being funny. We struggle so often to be present, but can I tell you that presence is one of the greatest gifts that we have as humans. Now, we all love phone calls. This is one of the things I love about FaceTime. We all love uh, phone calls, FaceTime. I mean, I, I, when I tell my kids that when their mom and I were dating, we couldn't even call on a cell phone. We had to go to a pay phone when we were having our long-distance relationship. They're like, well, like, what year did you live in? I said, we couldn't even email because we got married before email was really a thing. And they're like, wow, you guys are ancient. No, it's just technology has evolved so quickly. At least that's the story I believe. But while I love, I'll give you an example. My son, Spencer, he's our youngest, and his wife, Sarah, they just had our third grandchild. His name is Hunter Garrett Conway. Love that name. And he's the chubbiest thing you ever saw. The cutest little cabbage patch doll you ever saw. Remember them from the 80s? Big old round cheeks. And that's him. And, and just so happy. I love when they call on FaceTime. I love trying to get him to laugh and, you know, following around. But how many of you know, I would never trade a four-week visit in February from their family for ongoing FaceTime calls. See, that's how it is. We, you know very much that it's an awesome privilege to stay in touch with your family on FaceTime, but what you would really like is for them to be at your table, everybody laughing, everybody talking, phones put away, by the way, and uh, this kind of thing. It's because the personal presence makes a world of difference. And um, when someone's sick, it's nice that you send flowers. It's nice that you send a card or a note, and, but there's nothing like a loved one showing 
showing up to deliver the card and saying, I just came to be here for a few minutes. You might not be strong enough to open your eyes, to talk with them, but there's nothing like personal presence. And that gift of presence is awesome. You know, let's turn this over to our lives as believers. One of the most common prayers I've said when I'm leading a group, or I've said in my own life, and maybe you would, you know, relate to this. Oh, Lord, we're just asking for your presence this morning. Lord, I'm just asking that your presence would be here. You know, one of the most amazing attributes of God is that he is omnipresent. And so I have come to this place where God's like, Russ, you don't need to be asking me for my presence. What you need is to be cultivating an awareness of my presence. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, because I really believe that we do not need to be asking God so much, Lord, I need your presence. We need to be saying, Father, help me to do whatever it takes in my life and my schedule and my pursuit to be aware that you are always, say always, say always. Oh, you guys are good. Why do I say that? Because I mentor groups of young guys at home, and they'll, some of them struggle with lust and porn, and that's not an uncommon struggle. And I said, I'm going to give you a key. When you're tempted to go online, I want you to just pause. Because remember, he's with you always. And ask him if he's okay to watch with you what you're about to watch. I said, if he says yes, feel free. And this is something that will help us. If you're struggling, pause and ask the one who's with you. You're not walking alone. You're not here by yourself. Yes, there's a lot of people here. Whatever you're going through this morning, you're not alone. He is with you. So this is what we want to talk about. So at this time of the new year, um, there's time for us. This is the 21 days of prayer for you. We're doing it at our church to set aside places to reflect, to take inventory, as Ted said in his Devo. On Friday, well, that's when I watched it. Um, This is a time to just say, what's going on in my walk with the Lord? And what is my awareness level? And this is one of the things I'd challenge you today to put in your taking stock. What is my level of awareness of your presence with me? So in order to set this up, I want to just take you on a little journey through the scripture about where I come. See, the Holy Spirit concept is not intended to be an ideology for a believer. Yes, we believe in the Holy Spirit. It's not just a point of reference. It's not just a phrase we use. It's not a title for God. It's not that. It's not a passage from old. So your denominational exposure, whatever that's been up till now, provides clues for what your current understanding and awareness of, as well as your interaction with the Holy Spirit is. I'll say that again. Your denominational exposure. And what I mean by that is if you've been involved in other denominations, it provides clues as to what your comfort level with Holy Spirit is today. For example, various church traditions throughout the years have caused Christ followers to unknowingly I'll say perhaps avoid spirit-filled living or talking too much about that. It's a little, yeah, I'm not, Jesus is enough. Spirit, uh, I know because I have young guys I mentioned, they say, well, we don't really like, I don't really understand too much about Holy Spirit. I'm here to say to you, Harvest, 
totally different for you in your personal life today for 2024. Because see, depending on where you came from, there's the whole denominational part that would have had teaching that we call cessationism that says, you know, the gifts of the Spirit and all the action of the Spirit, that was, you know, that was when the church was coming, the apostles. That was back, we read of it in Acts, and then you need to know it stopped there. So you're believing God for all this stuff. Like, don't get disappointed because you don't get that. That they got that. We know more. We don't need that. If you came from a cessationist background, I apologize. Um, I also dare say there are people in this room that have been exposed to hyper charismatic type environment where the weirder the manifestation, the more obvious that the Holy Spirit was there. The longer the prayer meeting, the louder the screaming. Wow, this means the Holy Spirit is there. And so maybe you're like, uh, just not too comfortable with that. Wherever you are, your denominational exposure will provide clues. Whatever the reason, what I find overall, when I preach the church I'm working with now, there seems to be more comfort level discussing God and Jesus and a touch of the Holy Spirit. But don't overdo the whole thing about spirit-filled living. Like, I'm just not okay with that. This is what I want to talk to. And my assignment this morning is very simple. I want to challenge you to a perspective change. I want to tell you that I believe God wants you to wear some new glasses with a new lens change. What I believe is that as I speak to you this morning, you're going to be like the person who couldn't read the back screen. They went, oh my gosh, I see that. Simple as that. Because the Holy Spirit is not a flavor of denomination. Holy Spirit is not a texture we add to our worship to spice it up a little bit. It's not a nice feeling that when Ted and the team are leading, you go, oh, I know, oh, yeah, Holy Spirit's here because I, oh, I have goosebumps on my skin. Holy Spirit must be in the room. It's not all that. It's not that. This morning, I want to show you that God's heart is that his church, who's the church? Yes, every one of you, that his church be centered in the flow of the Spirit and the work of his presence in the life of the believer every minute of every day. Not just on Sunday morning, either 9.15 or 11.30, every minute of every day. So it's important for me to be able to walk you through some background, provide some context. I'm going to speed up and rush through this. Because I want to show you that the third member of the Trinity didn't pop on the surface at Acts. He started in creation with everything else. And maybe you're like, really? Show me. I'm going to. Thank you for asking. That's what we're here for. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we read these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You remember this? And then it goes on, and it says, The earth was formless and void, or empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. Whoa, what does it say? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, we've just read the earth is void. The earth is formless. And we find that in this lack, really what that could be translated is as chaotic, a lack of structure, no order. And in that lack of structure and no order, in that chaos, where is the Holy Spirit? Have you ever found yourself in a chaotic time in your life? And you go, God, where are you? I'm here to tell you, he is where he was then, hovering over the chaos, hovering over the face of the waters. The Hebrew word for hov hovering is uh, rahaf. Say rahaf. 
That way, if I mispronounced it, you did too. So there you go. And this word means to be relaxed, but to move, like to flutter, even a shake sort of. I know where some of you just went, oh, that's why they shake. No, it's not that. It's not that. What the primitive word is, is to brood. And it's a picture of a broody hen. Now, I don't know how many of you know about raising chickens, but every now and then the hens will lay their eggs and then they'll leave. But every so often you get a hen who refuses to leave her eggs. It's because she's broody. She's determined to hatch chicks out of there. Does this ever give me a picture of the spirit that in his hovering, he's determined to see something birth from your life. Even if there's chaos and darkness and destruction, your dark time, your pain, your whatever you've been through is not the end because in that, the Holy Spirit is hovering and moving and preparing to activate and birth something in your life. You see, this term hovering, it, it, it depicts something that's not stationary. If a, if a broody hen is sitting on a set of eggs, you'll notice that at times she'll fluff and wiggle and shake. Maybe that's where the song came from. I don't know. Say active. See, it's not stationary. Say active. Active means move. So the son's involvement shows up as we read this. And this is how I say it. It says, God said, let there be light. You know, we've seen that there was light. Let there be a firmament. Let there be trees. You know how the story goes. And we understand that this is the sun. Well, how do you get that? It says God said that. Well, I read in John chapter 1, a little bit later in the New Testament, that it tells me the sun was speaking at creation when it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Next verse is so important. All things were created by him, meaning the word. And without him, the word, there is nothing that we see, nothing that was made, was made. Everything that was made, was made. Dropping down a few verses to verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So what I'm doing here is just setting this up for you. So do you see that the actual spoken creative word at creation was the son, it was the voice of the word, was the son. Stay with me. The word is Jesus Christ, the ultimate expression of God. We see the work of the son, the presence of the son in everything that took place at creation because it was the son or the word that spoke God's heart into existence. Here's how I would break down Genesis 1 for you. In the beginning, the Godhead created heaven and earth. It was on God's heart for there to be something made out of nothing. And so the Son speaks in the dark, empty chaos of that place. The Holy Spirit is there, hovering over it. And in that chaos, Son speaks God's heart and says, Let there be light. We read, and there was light. Like as if it just went, Let there be light. Bing! There was light. I want to kind of illustrate this. Imagine chaos. God's like, we're going to do something about this. We need, there is life to come out of this. And he says, you know, son, we're going to speak over this chaos. And so the son says, all right, let there be light. Where's Holy Spirit in this time? The third 
of the Godhead. He's above it all. In that moment between let there be light and there was light is an activation process where the hovering, fluttering movement of the Holy Spirit switches something into activation and then we read, and there was light. Here's how I read it to myself. Son spoke, let there be light. Spirit, the executive arm of the Trinity, activated light. And then we read, and it was so. Are you following me? The Godhead said, let us, Father, Son, and Spirit, make human, translated Adam, which means humanity, let us make humans in our image, after our likeness. Let them, humans, have dominion over everything that we've made, over the fish of the sea, over all of that. But let's create Adam, which basically means humanity. Let's create them with two genders. Uh, very interesting for the truth we need to know. And so God, the Godhead, created man in his image, but in the image of the Godhead, he created humanity. This is the revelation that today you have that triune anointing of God that was at creation living and dwelling inside of you. You and I are a complete work of the Godhead and individuals that are called into that complete oneness and unified expression as the Godhead. Because if you as part of the church are created in the same Godhead as me and you and you and you and together we become the church, that's why Paul writes, let there be no divisions among you. And why he says, Jesus says in his final prayer, let the same oneness that you and I experience be in the church so that people would be drawn to you. I love it that in Genesis 2, he goes on and says, so therefore a man will leave his father and his mother and he'll be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. It's a little side thing. I know we know this at a deep level, but it's a powerful revelation that comes when you intentionally see the work of the Spirit from the beginning. Because the enemy wants to come in and say, listen, at harvest, they're a little bit, their worship is, a, they raise their hands and they, you know, you feel that, don't, don't let yourself go there, that was over back in Acts. Like, just be on guard. And I'm here to say, if that's your background, Let's give that to the Lord today because he has so much more for you. We see the activation of the Spirit through the whole of the Old Testament. We won't go into all the details. Through the time when Moses is encountered at the burning bush, and again, we hear the word speak from the bush. Moses, take off your shoes, and we know there's an activation of the Spirit. And it goes on down through many things, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, and we can go on to the Spirit that came on Gideon. John, when Jesus comes, John 1.32 records that John saw the Spirit coming down from heaven in the form of a dove. And he says, I did not know him, but God who sent me to baptize him, he said, on the one you see the Spirit coming and remaining. That's kind of like a, that hovering, the one that it's, he's over. So the one thing that strikes me, and I'm hoping it strikes you about the Holy Spirit through the scripture is the activation. Say activation. The movement. The simple act of wherever the Father's heart is revealed and the Son speaks his will, don't miss that Spirit of God is there hovering, waiting to activate whatever God's heart is. God's heart for you is so huge. 
It goes beyond anything you can imagine. God's heart for harvest. But I want to, in talking to harvest, I want to talk to individuals this morning because I don't know what you're going through, but what I can tell you is that the heart of God for you is multiplication. The heart of God for you is that you would go beyond where you are now and you go, well, you don't know my story. You're right, I don't. I know mine, though, and I can tell you that nothing that the enemy brings at our lives has the power to stop the heart of God in our lives and what he wants to do and be it spoken through the word when the spirit is there hovering because wherever God's heart is, the son speaks and the spirit is hovering. I want to tell you, it always been hovering, but during our time with you this weekend, I have asked, I said, oh, Spirit of God, I'm asking you to hover in a way that we hear you, that we feel you, and that we sense you. Why do I say that? Because I think the only thing that changes or can stop the activation of the Spirit, the enemy can't, is your unwillingness to reach out and say, flick the switch, Spirit. Turn it on, or as we could say, I receive. I get it, I receive. The other way I'll say it this way is that the Father's motive is spoken by the Son and activated by the Spirit. If you feel like God's been dropping new things in your heart as a church, as an individual, you can count that that's the heart of God. You feel like a word prophetically maybe has come to you or God's spoken it to you in your prayer time. Maybe that's the voice of the son. I'm telling you the only thing that's waiting is the activation of Holy Spirit. And that happens when you say, Holy Spirit, yes. I say yes to that. A lot of times we come and we get a word and we're like, I don't know about that. Because, you know, you don't know what pain I've been through. And you know what? If you really were an activator, you wouldn't have let me go through that. You wouldn't have let me have to face the suicide of my oldest son. And do you know what? God would respect me. And if I chose to stop his activation there, do you know what? In his sovereignty, he would have allowed me to stop. If I wanted to go off trail, he would have let that. But in that, I could hear the hovering of the Spirit. Through the five years of healing that we were going through in counseling, I could feel the Holy Spirit hovering. And so I would just say, Holy Spirit, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you heal my heart. But whatever it takes, I'm in. And it activated a move in my life that began to do something. I'm here to bring news to you that whatever it is you sense God wants to do in your heart, you are the key to the activation of the Spirit of God in your life. Does that make sense to you? That's amazing. They're three in one. We're not trying to take one out of the other. They're three in one. They work and move in sync. They relate in unison. Yet distinctly, as we read in the beginning, Jesus said, listen, I go now. And you're not asking me where I'm going. You're not asking me anything. You're just complaining that I'm leaving. You can't leave. He's like, no, it's necessary that I go. Why? Because in the plan that the Godhead has for the rest of the globe, he's going to activate his presence among you forever. Not only you, but your children and your children's children and your children's children's children and every generation, there's going to come an activation if I go. 
And that's what I want to talk about next is that when you look at it and you see the Jesus formula, Jesus constantly said, I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. I, I, I don't say anything of my own. Everything the Father gives me, that's what I say. And, and Every time the son was speaking, he was speaking the words of the father, which tells you that when spirit activates, he's activating the heart of the father. Does that, are you tracking? I think this shows us something about the spirit that is important to recognize, and that's this. The spirit never draws attention to himself. It's beyond me why many of us feel some of my background, where I came from, that when the Holy Spirit comes, now is my time to show off and draw attention. That's not how spirit works. He's just there. Sometimes so much so that you actually need to develop in 2024 an awareness that he's there because it's so easy to live your life and do your schedule not even knowing he's with you and he's grieved at a decision you made. And he's, he's not going, wow, good for you, I'm leaving now. No, he doesn't. He's just there. He's hovering. He's moving. But you know what he's waiting for? He's waiting for you to activate what he has in your life. Now, I want to just say quickly, I have to say this because it's the way it came to me. There's a doctrine I hear a lot. And it's not, no, it's not a doctrine. I just hear this all the time um, by preachers today. And every time, I know what they're saying. And I'm going to go through it. But they say, Jesus plus nothing. And, and I go, no. That's not true. I know what they're saying. Only Jesus is how we'd be saved. But here's what I want to show you. And I have to say it this way because I need you to grasp this. Let me read to you that the Holy Spirit's even a part of your salvation experience. Titus chapter 3, 4, and 7 says that when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, not because of the righteous things we did, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So it's that perspective change I'm trying to say to you today. Don't shy away from Holy Spirit. No, listen, you know, for me, I'm not really good with this whole talk about the Holy Spirit. Just Jesus Plus, nothing is good. No, I'm here to tell you from the beginning, wherever God's heart was, the Son was speaking, the Spirit is hovering. Let's not shy away from the Spirit in our teaching. Let's not shy away from Spirit in our language, in our daily lives. Let's continually thank Him for His presence. You know, one of the things I've changed in my quiet time, I used to say, Lord, I ask that you would be here with me today. I don't say that anymore because over the year, as I've cultivated this awareness, I've become very clear that he is with me always. So when I sit down now, I say, I want to say thank you that you're here with me. Now, I'm going to say something a little cheesy, but probably the men would think it's the most cheesy, but I'm saying it anyways because it's very helpful. How do you do that practical step? Like, you know, it's one thing to pray because church is constantly getting you to pray. For me, when I go to my prayer time, I have two chairs, and I just glance at the other chair as a reminder that it's not empty. And I say, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here with me today. Guide me into all truth. That's what your word said you would do. Thank you for that. Guide me that as I read today, you're going to give me revelations I never knew before. Um, yeah, we need some miracles too, by the way. Thank you that you do that. Activate those. 
how I came, Yana will remember this, was when we were dating. And this revelation was first coming to me that there were decisions I was having to repent for that probably wouldn't have happened had I been walking in a consistent awareness of Spirit's presence with me. So what I started to do, here comes the cheesy part, just a warning. I started to, when we would walk into a, 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 a room like church, I would step away. I remember the first time Yana goes, what are you doing? I said, after Holy Spirit. Then we go and she goes, why? I said, were you thinking consciously when we came up that Holy Spirit was with us or were we just barging into that? And we both stood there and said, ah, oh, yeah, it's true. So then we developed a little saying for our marriage, it's not the two of us. It's just me and you, babe. No, it's the three of us. There's always three in our relationship. I would get in the car and I would say, buckle up, Holy Spirit. Now, if you're here and you're very literal and you're thinking, it's like, what do you mean, Holy Spirit, buckle up? What I mean is it's just a way to teach your mind to be aware. When you're walking through that temptation that you just can't seem to break that has lust and sexual things about it, oh, it's a great time to say, Holy Spirit, just a minute, we're going to watch some porn now. You're not going to do it. Do you know why you're struggling to get free from sin? Because you're living in a very self-centered walk with yourself unaware that Holy Spirit is right there with you. So the next time that you're going to tell that coworker off, Holy Spirit, just a second, I'm going to just like freak out here for a minute. And, you know, because some of us, we can cuss people out because nobody from church is there to see us. And I mean, Pastor Roy would never, I would never do that in front of Pastor Roy. Well, thanks, that's great. Do you think he cares? Because Holy Spirit is standing right there hovering. Oh, don't say that. Stop. Stop, rest, stop right now. But he doesn't come in and go, stop. He just, on my heart, flutters and moves. And I call it an inkling, an unction. Rest, stop. You need to stop right now. It's the thing that happens when you wake up after you've done something wrong and maybe you say to your wife, oh, I'm just having this weird feeling that I need to apologize. You know, I, whatever, I just put it away. I don't know why it's bugging me. Just to shake it off. I say don't shake it off. It's the Spirit's presence with you wanting to activate what he can do in your life. And we as believers, if we in 2024 would begin to become aware that this Spirit of God is with us always, say always, right now, Pat, the seat next to you and just say right here right now I know it's corny but you won't forget it I tell you if you ask somebody ask you what was the message about on Sunday you go oh the pastor said something really cheesy buckle up spirit but you know what you'll remember what I was talking about You'll remember what I'm saying, that where you drive, where you walk, when you sleep, if you're struggling with depression, if there's drug addiction in your life, if your kids are far from God, stop talking to your kids about God and start talking to spirit about your kids. You understand what I'm saying? We turn, if your relatives are annoying you and you're trying to get them to Christ, you, you can't. That's not your work. You don't do that. What you do is your relationship with Holy Spirit. You talk to him about that. We're going for Christmas dinner. I used to preach this every Christmas at our church. Now, those of you that are going home to Christmas dinner, zip your lips. Because everybody, every Christian just feels this responsibility. I'm going in there and I'm going to tell them what God's done and they're going to hell if they don't receive it. Well, you wonder why they don't want what you have. What the Holy Spirit wants to say is shh. Sometimes people say, what do you say when somebody's going on. I say, sometimes I just, I just listen. When we were losing our son and in the chaos of that moment, I knew as I walked into that 
uh, I forget what they call it, but that ward where he was on life support. And my wife is grieving and my kids are, like everybody's arriving and the church is there and it was chaotic. And in that moment, I'm just like, oh my God, I, I don't know what to do. I heard this in my heart. Step behind that curtain. You know how the curtains are in those rooms? I'm like, what if somebody's there? Step behind the curtain. So I opened up the curtain, just some equipment, and I walked in behind. And in the moment that I stepped behind there, a download came. I activated. I responded to the spirit that was fluttering over the chaos of tragedy. And this download happened. He goes, Russ, you need to get it together because over the course of the next days, you need to lead your family through this. Garrett will not be coming back. I respect that choice. You can't make him come back. But now you have to lead your family through. I'm like, I can't. And I, I was angry. I'll be honest. I was angry. When I'm telling our story, I say in that moment, like, oh, this is a nice reward for 20-some-odd years of service. Thanks. And you want me to listen to you now? See, that's the human tendency when you're walking unaware of his presence. But when you walk with his presence and you, shh, when he talks, he activates in you the power of his anointing that can heal you. He doesn't promise that you're not going to go through the chaos. But he says, though you walk through the darkness, I will be there. Though you walk through deep waters, listen, they won't drown you because I will help you. Though you walk through the fire, I'll be there. So see, we have this whole theology that we can't follow God because he can't be trusted. Because why did I have to go through this? He never said you wouldn't go through something hard hard. But he promised, if you follow and activate my spirit, I'll be with you. And I stepped out from that curtain, torn with grief, but aware that beside me was someone that no one else could see holding my arms, holding my hands. And to this day, people will say, how did you do that online prayer time with your family? I said, because spirit moved and said, that's what we were to do. So we did. That's what I leave with you today, 915 service. Maybe Holy Spirit is like, oh, I feel Holy Spirit. That's all good. Maybe this is all like I know all that. What I want to remind you is when you leave this place and you go back to your home and somebody calls you that annoys you, oh, Holy Spirit, can you jump on the other line with me? We're going to take this call. We laugh about that. I promise you it will activate his presence in your life, and I promise you that if you keep doing that, in a week, you won't be the same because you'll have grown. In February, you won't be the same. And I promise you that if all of Harvest begins to do that individually, this church will explode with something from the heart of the Father in this year. Amen? <laughs> Pastor Roy, come in. profound, profound, profound understanding. So clear, Christians that just, just really focus on 
the word of God, which we should, but devoid of the heart of God. It's mean and nasty without the heart of God. It's the heart. Jesus, the grace expression, Holy Spirit activating so powerful today. Wow. I hope you'll come back tomorrow night and I think we're just going to continue right there. I wonder this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, we're just asking for a fresh awareness of your Holy Spirit that hovers. Thank you, Jesus. You said you had to go away so that Holy Spirit could come. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We're asking that we be more aware of you. More aware of your hovering, your power, your, your activating power. That unless we say yes, it doesn't get activated. If you're here today, maybe you've come many times or you're online, maybe this is your first time that the heart of the Father for you is that you would have eternal life, your sins forgiven, that we're born separated from God, not able to have relationship with God, but God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. Come and die in your place. Someone in the room, Holy Spirit's making it real to you today, and you realize you've never activated salvation in your life. You've never invited God to come in and the Holy Spirit's knocking on your life's door right now saying, activate salvation. Today's your day to be born again, to receive forgiveness and eternal life and the love of God inside your heart. If that's you today, I'm simply going to count down from three, three, two, and one. When I get to one, if that's your desire, I wanna lead you in a prayer. When I get to one, just lift your hand so I can acknowledge it. We'll pray together. Or maybe it's been a very, very, very long time since you've known the closeness of God in your life. And today you want to recommit your life to him. In three, two, it's for you today. One, just raise your hand so I can see it. I want to acknowledge it. We want to pray for you today. Is there anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Online, you can text in right now. I'm making a decision for Jesus. Harvest, when someone raises their hand, they did today, we rejoice. I know it's a little bit of a somber, but you can break that right now. <laughs> we rejoice with those making decisions online and in the room. Let's pray this prayer if you raised your hand or you wanted to from your heart right now. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Father, that your heart for me is plans to prosper me to love me and today to forgive me of all my sins come into my life. I repent. I ask for salvation. I receive it. I receive your gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we believe you're born again online. You are about to start a great journey with God. Let's stand to our feet today and sing this before we're dismissed.
our ministry team is here. They want to serve you in prayer. Don't forget tomorrow night. I think we're just going to continue and do some activation. <laughs> that would be great. And listen, if you're not um, if you're not leaving, if you're, you're staying to uh, serve this morning, but uh, you're staying. But if you're leaving, um, could you do that really quickly uh, and not talk to anybody and hang out uh, so the second service can come on in? Would you serve that way? That would be awesome. Thank you so much. Father, we thank you for today, God, and I just pray, I get the word, Holy Spirit, activate. God, we just give you permission, <laughs> yes. Father, to just activate in our activate. lives, Father. I pray for every person in this auditorium that you will go with them this morning, Father, and that they will experience the activation of your Holy Spirit this week. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow night.